Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming, and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here is a bottle opener, one of those sort of flat ones, and, you, and barmen keep them in their back pocket. And once when I was in a bar, I think in New Orleans, and I, when I get drunk, I sometimes ask to go behind the bar and, and help out. I love being a barman. And this guy, one of the bar staff, gave me my own um, special bottle opener as a sort of thank you present. Such an honour to be given. It's like being given a tool of the trade, and it means that I'm a proper craftsman. Not really, though. And today, I'm talking to the amazing Iman. And he <laughs> said, well, how much do you want? And I said, one year tuition at the university was $7,000. And he said, you got it. Iman is one of the world's best-known models. She was born in Somalia, but when she was studying at Nairobi University in Kenya, she suddenly became a model when one day she bumped into the photographer Peter Beard on the street. Her modelling career is international, huge and legendary. She also became an actress, she is a philanthropist and an entrepreneur. Her company, Iman Cosmetics, to this day, is one of the most successful cosmetics firms in the world. She's also hilarious and the best person to go to a party with. I spoke to Iman earlier this year when I was in quarantine in Australia. And I have to say that this episode of Alan Cumming Shelves is a super duper one because the thing that Iman and I are talking about is not from my shelves at all. So Iman, the thing I'm talking about today is not actually on my shelves, Alan Cummings' shelves. It's kind of near my shelves. It's outside and it's it's really Alan Cummings' garden. Today, this podcast is being retitled Alan Cummings' Garden because yes. I don't know if you remember, but do you remember you came to lunch at our house uh, upstate once and we went out into the garden because um, we had this lovely girl called Grace was yes. uh, making, doing our garden and, you know, sort of uh, design, you know, making some beds and doing things. And we were making a fire pit. We we're going to have a fire pit. And and um, she came in and said, you know, you have to choose because we're digging the hole to make the fire pit. So we went out, you and me and Grant, my husband, went out and I sort of said where I thought the fire pit we, we should go. And you were just like, no, no, Alan, that's a terrible idea. You must put it over <laughs> here so when you you can see the view, you can see the sky and the moon. And if you know if even you're sitting there in the evening, you can still see the view of the hills. And you know you're absolutely right. And so we um, have named the fire pit the Aman Fire Pit in your honour. I, 
<laughs> I have to come back to see it. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And, and, you know, you're absolutely right. It was such a stupid idea. If I put it in the other place, we'd have just been sort of looking at the house. And now when you sit at it, you can look out and see the hills. And so it's always forever been the Amman Memorial Fire Pit. So thank oh, you. Lovely. Thank you for that. Lovely. I'm, 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 gl- I'm glad I was of service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were. And also, what well, a hilarious thing. I, didn't, I don't know if I ever told you this, bit, but Grace the gardener, she said, like, because uh, Anthony, our guy who looks after our house, he was helping dig the hole. And yes. so I don't think she knew you were there. And so when you came out with me and Grant, I went, oh, this is a man, this is Grace, this is Anthony. And she was a bit sort of, you know, seemed a bit starstruck, I thought. And uh, it, she went back in, we went back in to have our lunch. And Anthony told me that after, when we went in, she just turned to him and said, please tell me they're not going swimming. And I don't quite know what that means. Like, that, the thought of you in a swimsuit would just send her, I don't know, I, the thought of the combo of us all in swimsuit. Yeah, it'll take her over the edge. <laughs> yes, I think that's what she meant. She might have expired. <laughs> You're dangerous. You're dangerous, oh, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm turning sixty six in July, so what? I think I've yes, I know I, I'm uh, I'm a grandma. Um, wow. Of my older daughter has a has a three year old who they're coming to see visit me in July, oh, uh, nice. and then D- David's son has two little kids, two little ones, and uh, does he have so two? Gonna, gosh. Yeah. So I have I'm a, a grandma of three. So I think my danger years are over. (laughs) (laughs) You always strike me as someone who's been very sort of sanguine about getting older and, you know, all that stuff and about the way that sort of attitudes change about women as they get older. How how are you feeling about getting, about being 66, for example? I have absolutely no problem with it. Being African, we, we, we actually, like, especially Somalis, we don't really celebrate birthdays. We oh, actually, yeah, we don't because it, you know, basically because most people don't even know when they're born. Um, but right, so, right. yeah, so, yeah, so it's, it's really, it's a privilege getting older, right? Right. Mm. So for us, it's always has been a privilege to get older and we definitely are, are very appreciative and very close to our elders. Uh, so I'm, yes. I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, I'm, um, with the exception, I mean, I still feel inside like I'm 30, <laughs> but yeah, till, yeah. till I till I get up and then out, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I know that yeah, one, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, so I think health is wealth. So as long as one can, can yeah. hope to be healthy and stay healthy, um, you know, the rest is really uh, a privilege. It's butter. I, tot- I yeah. totally agree. It's so funny, I'm, the, I, the thing I'm doing here in, in Australia, uh, I'm going on tour, my show is called Alan Cumming is Not Acting His Age. And it's been really <laughs> interesting because I'm, I'm talking a lot about, you know, what is age appropriate? You know, it's, we, 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 who, who says you've got to behave a certain way? And actually, who makes those rules? And, and I think that's sort of, we get mixed messages all the time about, we should look uh, young. Yeah. We should do all these things, and then we should be like we should grow up, and we should you know act our age. It's really weird, don't you think? Exactly, exactly. And nobody can ever, ever say that you have acted your age because you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is a mixed messages. Um, uh, it is like trying to uh, trying to be relevant, and people think by being irrelevant means to be 
hip and and young, yes. which it's not, yes. because you can be no. 80 and be relevant. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, it's, I think it's a very West mentality about about trying to uh, to hold on to uh, to youth and specifically uh, uh, in, in, in terms of women and how they look. They I yeah. see a lot of women that have... Um, that they, they want they don't want an ounce of fat on their body right so right. they lose all the weight and so they're skinny as hell on their body and of course that affects your face and then they put yeah. fillers fillers on the face you yeah. know yeah. so and they and i have no idea who has told them that that looks normal because they don't look normal do you know, you know what, what i, I think mean? the worst thing is some you know when you see someone sometimes and they've had stuff done and they and and you know the weirdest thing I feel is when people have had stuff done, they don't mention it to you, like friends. I think that's, you yeah. just got to go, oh, okay. It's like the elephant in the room. No one's talking about it. But yeah. what I think is weird is when people, you know, you see someone and they, and everyone goes, oh, don't they look great? Oh, they look so good. And I want to go, no, they look crazy. They look <laughs> like someone's, you know, like they've been in a fire or something. Do you know what I mean? It's just awful. And it's this it is. sort of conspiracy of silence. And the same thing applies to clothing. You know, people say, you know, obviously, I mean, I was I was listening to the news this morning and one of the things that they said that was back in fashion was like the crop top. And I was and it was like oh. they were talking about what, what age do you do you not wear a crop top? I'm like at 13, maybe. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know, but 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 at the same time, it, there is there is all these rules about what you can wear. If you've looked. I mean, if you look fine and you're happy with yourself, whether you're a plus size or a size two, it doesn't matter. I mean, I see plus size, beautiful plus size women who are wearing crop tops and really, really look great in it. And it's, totally. you know, it's, it's really about the confidence that one feels about themselves and how they feel comfortable in their own skin. It, it's, yeah. um, and then I've heard about this weird thing about also is like that there is because of people who are doing a lot of Zoom businesses and meetings and all that. And uh, the, the plastic surgery, especially on face, have quadrupled. Yes. No, I can <laughs> and believe I'm it. Like, I know, I know. I'm like, bitch, get yourself a good lighting. Forget about the. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Put a filter. Get a filter. Get on. a filter. Yeah. This is crazy. You can't. You can't just go and have uh, something done to your face because you don't look good on on, on Zoom. Put the camera. But you up. know. <laughs> I was just going to say that. You know, that's the that's the thing that I think has been the most amazing thing about about this pandemic and everyone on Zoom is that everyone understands angles like always from above, especially after yes. 50 in on in yes. every area of life. And also yeah. get some lighting, get some lighting on you. Don't don't, you know, look at the it's just I just can't understand why when you get on a Zoom and you're looking up somebody's nose and half their face is in <laughs> shadow. I'm like, come on, people. Get it's it like together. 2021. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, I'm really fascinated about this, uh, about, so when you started to become a model, you, yeah. it, you, you were at university in Egypt, was it? No, I was no. Uh, going to university in uh, Nairobi, Kenya. Oh, in uh, Kenya. I went to, yeah, I went to high school in Egypt, but I was going to Nairobi University, I but I was a, a refugee, you know, I, yeah. I, my father, my father was an ambassador for so many years, uh, and then all of a sudden we had a coup in Somalia, so we all got back 
came back to to to, to Somalia, and then they started uh, um, uh, arresting and, and 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 actually executing a lot of people who were with the ex-government. So one okay. night, my mom decided, yeah, that she hired a, a van, and in the middle of the night, just took us in the, in the van with just the clothes on our back, went to the border of Kenya, and literally crossed over by foot from Somalia to Kenya and became refugees. Wow! Uh, and How so, old like were you? all, of, I was like sixteen years old. Gosh! And so it was like, yeah, so it was like very. Uh, 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 scary because as a young girl and then we were separated and uh why were you separated so, uh, because my parents just wanted to go to tanzania they didn't want to stay in kenya i wanted to stay in kenya so i i, I decided that i would stay in kenya so they, they they separated the family the ones who wanted to go to tanzania went to tanzania but i wanted to go to school in uh, in, uh, in nairobi and uh, uh, Nairobi University. So, right. But I, there is non-government organizations that were on the ground. So that to me, they're like the angels that who walk among yeah. us. Because that these are yeah. people who are commit themselves to taking care in in these uh, environments. They leave their families and come to uh, in hot spots and deal with refugees and all that. Yeah. But they they were so protective of me. That if I didn't have that, um, I don't know what my trajectory would have been because, yeah. you know, as a 16 years old, anything could happen. Rape, sexual molestation, you know, kidnapping. Yes. I was on my own. But they were really like those people who took care of me. So so they they, so, dis- uh, I, I, they really took care of me on the ground. And, 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 and that was my safe haven. And that was that was the what, the UN UN refugee people are yeah yes they were the yeah. from the United Nation uh, at that time right. and uh, you know and they're amazing I, yeah they are that's why I become now the a global ambassador for uh, an organization called the oldest organization actually charitable organization in the world it care I, I oh, become yes. yeah I become uh, their global advocate for uh, specifically to help in the refugees communities and specifically dealing with girls and women issues That's because great. i because I, I i saw what you what has been done for me so it's it's passing it forward yeah yeah that you know i i did a thing i've done a couple of things with the un with the refugees um part of the un and um a unhcr it's called and i went it was one of these you know sort of just these moments where you just think, oh my God, I'm so lucky and I've got mm. such privilege. I went to um, Lebanon. And yes. so I was when, you know, all these refugees from Syria and Iraq. And at, at the point I was there, and I, I can't imagine it's got any better. I can only imagine it's got worse, actually. there was It was, uh, well, maybe not now, but it was 30%, 30% of the population of, um, of um, Lebanon was made up of refugees. Yeah. And I just thought that was incredible. I could just imagine any other country. I mean, then I said, how, how are they coping? How is everyone coping? I said, well, you know, this we're kind of used to it here. We're used to this sort of transference of people from different countries because of conflict. So it's sort of a, it's sort of in our culture. We, we, we welcome yeah. people in, in that way. And it's just, a, it's another world. Just a, imagine like, you know, p- people in, the amount, it was like 12,000 refugees came into America that year, that same year, something ridiculous like that. But yeah. I met these people and, there's actually a, a boy that I uh, met there who I kept in touch with who lives in Holland. He got, he got um, you know, um, 
trans, I can't remember what you call it, but you know, he, he, he they, Holland took him and he yes. was a, an at-risk refugee and it's just so, uh, to see people who've gone through like the worst things that can possibly happen to you and just trying to make a life again in another culture. It just, it was actually one of a really life-changing few days for me. And also yeah. there was a hilarious, there was a hilarious moment because one of the things they do there is in um, Lebanon, they have people make holiday homes, but they don't always finish them. They kind of, fin- you know, they take many years to finish them. They just go back and do a bit more work on them and then come back and do a bit more work. So there's all these sort of half finished um, yeah. holiday homes. And so uh, they, um, they they were putting refugees into these places. And when we got there, uh, to, they were showing me, you know, I, and there was a film crew and everything. And they were yeah. showing me uh, that, and there was two families in this one little house, and I was, and, and I felt so bad. And they, they had given me these this sort of little box of vegan snacks for my lunch, and yeah. I was, just went into the car, at the SUV, which was one of these SUVs. When I got into it, they told me it was um, it was a, an armored one; it could withstand a yes. rocket. I was like, oh, good to know. And then yeah. I, I got my vegan snacks. And I, I, I said to the, you know, to the translator, here, you know, here, the kids should have these. And right at that moment, there was all the shouting and people with guns appeared. And I yeah. thought in my <laughs> dopiness, I thought that they were angry with me because I'd given my vegan snacks away to the refugees. <laughs> and, it was, and it was actually these people, because uh, Hamas were, uh, were governed that area yeah. of southern Lebanon. And so it was people from the sort of Hamas Secret Service who hadn't got the memo that the UN were coming and they wondered what was all the SUVs were for and the film crew and everything and there was all the shouting and guns and the the UN people were saying things like oh I think we should um, we really want you to go to the other villa and see you know what it's like after these have been winterized and I said I can imagine you know we can just you, you could just take a picture yeah. of it and we can do that yeah we've seen go, one don't you <laughs> yes yes I, said, I don't think we should argue with these men but the worst the worst part of all was I really thought it was my fault for giving them my vegan snacks that's why the well, why Lebanon. I went to high school in Egypt. So in 19, around 1966-67, we mm-hmm. used to go for weekends to Lebanon. Lebanon was considered the Paris of Middle East. Yes. It was yes. the most beautiful city. And they had this, uh, and actually some of their mountains, you can get snow peaks on it. It was yes. the most gorgeous, gorgeous city ever, right? So we used to go. We used to go there for the weekends. And, and very, uh, very liberal, wasn't it? Very sort of progressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was the most progressive and most liberal in, in the, of the Middle East countries at that time. Uh, so I have a, a very, a, a, a very um, memorable times that I've spent when I was in my teenager, at, uh, or younger even, uh, in, in Lebanon. Uh, but, you yeah. know, it, it, it was coming back again, uh, you know, uh, like there are major designers who are from there and who have their uh, yeah. the, their houses there, like Elisa Saab and Zuhair Murad yeah. and all of that. They're, they're there. But I've, I've heard also now the, the, the latest conflict that was going on in Palestine uh, uh, between the Israelis and when they, you know, and, and Hamas. I heard that a yes. lot of uh, in Lebanon, they've been they've been bombed this time around in, with the with the uh, uh, with the conflict. 
But yeah, yeah it's yeah. been yeah yeah it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place, and it has Stunning. and it has the most beautiful homes. Yeah, I remember the most beautiful homes. Yeah. So you were in uh, Kenya at university, yeah. and then yeah. how? And it was it was Peter Beard, wasn't it? Was the photographer that that first that sort of dis- that discovered me? Discovered uh, yeah, you. I love that <laughs> phrase. Discovered like you're know, under a rock know, or something. And <laughs> I know. That's what I always say. I was not lost to be discovered. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So how did that happen? Because you don't imagine it's normally things like, like Naomi. You know, it's like in a in a shopping mall in East London or yes, something. But yes. you don't hear about it in Nairobi. Exactly. Well, he lived in Kenya. Uh, oh, did he? And yeah, he lived in Kenya for years and years because he all his books and everything. He's he's really oh, he's really, got all the books. Yes, yes, yes exactly. Yeah, no, he lived in Kenya, and um, and so I was going. I was going to Nairobi University, but I also had two jobs, two side jobs. One was as a translator. Uh, I was translating for the Ministry of Tourism, all their brochures, because I spoke five languages. And specifically, they were having an influx of Italian tourists who didn't speak English. So I was translating all the brochures from English to Italian. Ah, wow. And then also I was a waitress in one of the big hotels. Uh, at the restaurant was called the, the Stanley Hotel, Nairobi Stanley Hotel. I was, mm-hmm. So I was going from one job to the other when Peter Beard stopped me in the street. He Literally, he was walk, walked to me and he, he introduced himself. I, I didn't pay any, him any attention. I kept on walking. And, uh, and then he said to me, uh, you know, have you ever been photographed? <laughs> and I thought, oh dear God, white people—they think we've never seen cameras. <laughs> and I said yes. Yeah, I said yes. And he said, by whom? And I said, by my parents. And uh, he said, no, no, no. I mean professionally. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And I said, and uh, the only thing I, I remember—I've never seen fashion magazines. I've never worn heels or makeup or that, you know. So I was not aware of what he was talking about. And yeah. so he kept on still walking with me, and then he said, well, what did you do? I said, I'm, I work at the, 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 the restaurant here, and I'm going to, uh, to the university. And then um, he said, I would love to take your pictures. And uh, I was very suspicious. I had no idea what yeah. he was oh, talking about. Oh, I bet you would, yeah. Peter Beard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he said to me, no, it's only headshots, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and then he said, and you can bring somebody with you. And then I still was not interested. And then he mm-hmm. said the magic word. He said, I will pay you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that stopped me. And I said, how much? And he <laughs> said, well, how much do you want? And I said, one year tuition at the university was $7,000. Wow. And he said, you got it. What? So that was, yeah, that was my first business exchange. Look at so you. He, he did that. I posed for the pictures. I brought up two friends with me, posed for the pictures, and that was the end of that, uh, so I thought. And the next thing is that I am now, I, I'm, I'm staying in a hot place where I don't have any phone. A friend of mine worked at Pan Am. She called, he knew her. He called, he was not, he went to New York, he came to New York, and uh, he had a, a, a gallery exhibition of his photographs, and on the invitation was my picture. So oh, and wow. Wilhelmina age yeah Wilhelmina modeling agency Wilhelmina herself was alive then saw the picture this is in 1975 saw the picture of me and she asked him 
I would like her to bring her to, to, to the United States to be a model. So he called my friend. He told her to get there, to get me there. I got to her, her uh, office. Well, I mean, I wait, no, wait, can I, can I interrupt you? So what did yeah. that you, when you saw, so how long was it since you'd done the pictures before you saw this invitation thing with your picture? Your no, I didn't see the invitation. I didn't see the oh, invitation until I got to the America. No, I had no idea. So you just got on a plane thinking, all right, I'm just going to go and be a model. But just, just like, I mean, that seems ballsy for a, a young the, woman. The, yeah, I, I, asked, I asked for the only thing I asked, because she was talking about money, and I, 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 was, I had no clue what they were talking about. And mind you, I'm not 18 yet, so I God. don't even have a passport. So mm. I, I have to ask permission to my parents, but I, I knew that they would never let me. So first I asked for a return, with a return ticket. I didn't want to get stuck in New York <laughs> without a return ticket. So right. in case things go bad, I can always go home, right? The yeah. second thing, I, f- I, f- I lied about my age to get a passport. My parents didn't know I was leaving the country. <gasps> oh, so, so you my, didn't ask them? You didn't ask your parents at all? You just lied? Nope. Yep. I got a so passport. So that was a good thing about people in Africa not really knowing when they're born and not saying they're exactly. Well, well <laughs> no, this was bold lie. <laughs> and, and, but my intention was to come to, the, to New York, check what's going on, what this is about, and then go back home. And that's been 1975. Wow. And I'm still here. And I'm still here. <laughs> I haven't cashed my return ticket, but I still have the return ticket. <laughs> Are you do you really? Yes, you still I have it. I still oh, have. Oh wow! It. When did your parents know that you'd gone? You will not believe it. Uh, so the first week I got here, there was I have a press and all that was written about me because Peter Beer fabricated a story. I found out in the jungle. I was oh, like, "What? Yeah, my God. <laughs> she doesn't speak a word of English. I speak oh, five languages." My <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! And. There, I, I, there was a, a picture of me appeared in Newsweek, and that's one of the only magazines that my father reads. <gasps> no. That's how my parents found out I was in New York and oh, not in Nairobi. <laughs> oh, were they furious? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You think I went into prostitution <laughs> <laughs> because I was majoring in political science. They were like, what? What the hell is modeling? <laughs> what are you doing? So... <laughs> But it afforded me, that one year of modeling afforded me to be able to take care of my parents, to make sure that my, par- my brothers and sisters were able to finish their schools, go b- back to school. So that's what, what modeling really was able to do for me. It was pure business. I, 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 I went into modeling really to be able to take care of my family. I love that you asked for seven thousand dollars straight off the bat. I mean, that must have been a huge amount to sort. Of, I mean, people oh, absolutely. would normally do that for free, wouldn't they? If to a big no. Well, like I've that. always I I was raised by my mother to always know my worth. So she always true. said, "Ask for the because she's." I remember years ago when I was little, she asked me, "If God granted you a wish, what would you wish for?" And it took me. A while to answer and she said you know what you're not worth the wish I said why I was thinking about it and she, you know what she said always ask for the moon and then you can come to you can negotiate down <laughs> ask for the moon yeah oh wise women I love that yes yes so that's what I did
Hello and welcome to Out to Lunch with me, Jay Rayner, the podcast in which I take a particularly brilliant famous person to a top restaurant and grill them to a turn. In this latest season, you'll find me having delicious dinners with the likes of Patrick Keelty, David Hare, Nina Conti, Dame Eileen Atkins and Mary Beard and the reliably outrageous Miriam Margulies. Richard E. Grant was on that. He has an always compulsion to smell whatever's around him. Has he never come and sniffed you? (laughs) Probably wisely. No. All that and so much more. So do join me. Out to Lunch with Jay Rayner. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How did you... I mean, it sounds a stupid question, actually, but how did you know how to model? If you never saw a fashion magazine, you never saw those things. I mean, no, I learned on the job. No, I had, first of all, I didn't even know how to walk in heels. So I really (laughs) learned on the job, really literally learned on the job. It's like I mimicked what the girls were doing. Right. And I was always in fear of that they'll find out, well, they they could see it, but other, they'll find out uh, that that I'm not worth all this money that they're whatever they're giving me, that, you know. But um, it, it it is that pure survival of of of, of a refugee. We 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 adapt. We uh, uh, you know yes. we 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 know how to survive and make it through. And and so that's what it was for me. It was a survival mode. It's like I need to learn if I'm going to be in this. Um, I need to learn this quite fast you know and um you know and and that's what i did i mimicked what the girls were doing i was just looking and watching and and learning on the job and then you like quite soon after that you went you became an actress too how 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 was that for you like going into that world it it's it's uh it's a obviously completely a different world than what modeling is but it's it requires Hmm. Much more of of a commitment than modeling, you know what I mean. Uh, and I was not um, I was not able to really fulfill that because it really, really, you know, a model you can learn, as I said, you can learn on the job. Acting you can learn on the job. You really need to take classes. You really need a major yeah. more commitment than modeling. So so I stayed on that on my lane as a model. I didn't I didn't pursue acting. Oh, I see, but you did. You did quite a. I mean, you did quite a lot of things, didn't you? I mean, you did lots of films and. I stuff. did not lots. I think maybe four or five. 
that's oh. not a lot. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We made a very big impression. You also yeah. did lots of um, commercials. I remember you, like the first time I was aware of you was a commercial in Britain. I don't know what it was for, but you had this, I think you had a big sort of headdress on. Tia Maria. Tia, Tia Maria. Tia Maria, that's right. Yeah. That was yes. amazing. You were, and you were sort of, you were kind of really, like, you were was, walking around and everyone's looking at you and you had this big headdress and you seemed really confident and like. Actually, um, the, head, so, the headdress was my hair. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the 80s. That was the hair. That was that big. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. No, the, the, the TM Maria, she was huge. It became like a, such a huge commercial. Yeah. That I had to literally, because I'm Muslim, I had to literally convince my parents because they were like, it, I had to convince them that it was not alcoholic. <laughs> oh, they thought, oh, they were like, oh, yeah. it's true what we thought. She's I was like, no, it's one of those, one of those cheap drinks. It's not, it's not alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Another hilarious time I remember with you is when you had your one of your books it was called the beauty of color yes and it's about it was, it was such a beautiful book actually of all these women of color and and just they're photographed really beautifully and, uh and you interviewed them and stuff and and i remember i was in la shooting something and you said oh would you like to come and be my date for the party yes. uh, that yes. was the launch of it and um it was such fun i remember and actually you came over to pick me up at the hotel yes. i was staying in and i, I i'm going to read to you I wrote about this in a in a book, and I said because I took some photos of you. Yes. And I and I and I, I love there's a picture I'm looking at right now that I, I took of you, and I said Iman is the perfect model. I mean that she is always conscious of the camera and knows exactly how to project any emotion. She's like a silent movie star. She's also totally hilarious. And I I, I remember that night we took these great pictures. We had some drinks, and then we went to the party, and it was. Uh, it was in that... Uh, Roosevelt. Roosevelt. The Roosevelt Hotel. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. such fun. And I remember, the thing I remember that night was that you were, I was kind of like, you know, with you and with some of your friends and other people. And at one point you said to me, I've got to go and do a TV interview. Will you look after my, my, my handbag, my purse? Yes. And I was like, okay. And so I was sort of standing there and chatting to people. And I, then I, I really needed to go to the loo. And so I said, I said to Janice Dickinson, Right. Oh, dear this God. Is, this, this, I know. This is like already it was a bad idea. Just even saying her name, I said, Janice, I'm really bursting for a pee. Could you look after Iman's bag? I mustn't lose it. She told me I've got to be very careful with this bag. Can you look after her bag once I go to the She goes, sure, honey. So I go off to have a pee. I come back and I go, where's the bag? She goes, what? And I'm like, Janice! Like, I've lost Iman's bag. <laughs> and it was, thankfully, it was just on a chair somewhere. She just left it. But I just thought, oh, my God. You do not want to lose the, the host of the, the hostess of the evening's handbag. She probably she's probably went through it and couldn't find anything. <laughs> Janet, how is she? How is she doing? I haven't seen her for absolutely I, ages. I haven't seen her since then. I haven't seen oh, her really? since Good. then. Yeah, I haven't. She she's she's been through a couple of things, but you know, like everybody, like life as yeah. is. But I yeah. haven't. Yeah, I have. I haven't seen. But no, I remember, that, I remember she's so crazy. Yeah, she said, yeah, she probably went through it. And she said, oh, damn it, there's nothing in here. <laughs> and it was so funny, actually, because I remember that night we were, I used to do a thing where I would, like, sort of take, like, it was kind of before selfies. But I would, I, I had my camera and mm -hmm. I would sort of hold it out in front. I would say, do happy, sad, happy, angry, sad. 
And yes. I would do, I would get people to make, do, I'd just say happy and we'd be happy. I'd say angry, angry and sad. I, that was just a thing I did. And so I was yes. doing it with Janice and I, would, and then I looked at the little screen on the digital camera. I was like, oh, Janice, I don't know, you've got to do different faces for each time. All your faces <laughs> kind of look the same. I, mean, I said that one more time, happy, angry, sad. And then she went, Alan, my face doesn't move that much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's the <Do> same. <laughs> Do you know what I always wondered about models is that, because I, like with actors, I sort of, you know, sometimes a lot of actors all hang out and or talk shop and it's actually I don't like it I think actors in a you know in a lump in a, in a group are kind of boring yeah. and it doesn't really yeah. I don't really like it I don't I don't like to sort of you know like I don't really I, I have friends I have some friends who are actors but they're in the in the minority most of my friends my close friends aren't aren't actors at all but yeah. um, I wondered if models all hang out do models do you like do you do, is it, you know that time in the in the, was it in the 80s when it was all the yeah all those big supermodels do you all, did you all hang out together and chat about modeling yeah yeah no they, they 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 we do because it's like i compare it to like the circus you're right so we, <laughs> what we yeah, it is it's like yeah yeah so the we will come to paris right we'll all be traveling yeah. together we all stay in the same hotel together and we'll be uh -huh. doing the shows and the shows are really they're built tents so literally it is uh, like the circus. yes i see yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah, but we travel together, we eat together, you know, but it is a condensed time. So once the shows are over, because it's like we go from Milan to Paris to London, then New York. Once that the shows are over, everybody have a separate life. Um, right. The, uh, yeah, have a separate life. So it's so so it is it's that way We're, we some of them become like chosen families. So they become like very yeah. close. And others, uh, others drift off. Like I mean, I used to be very close to Janice, you know, way like years ago. But then uh -huh. I haven't seen her for over twenty-five years. Wow, gosh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, don't you or haven't you modeled for your for your own company and stuff? Yes, I do, I still do shoots. You know, I just did a whole uh, big uh, uh, cover and uh, pages for. Uh, Bazaar, UK bazaar, but it was it's always about my what my cosmetic company is and right. what you know rather than rather than just being a model, right? So um, right. So in that way, yeah. I mean, I'm still people when I say I've retired from modeling, they say, but I just saw your pictures. Yes, <laughs> but it's in a in a different context. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. And you don't you don't miss that sort of that time of traveling all over the world and being in a group with everybody and. That, no. All that sort of fun. No. no, no, because it is really hard work, uh, yeah. and and it gives you a sense. I mean, for me, it's because first, as being a Somali, we are nomads, so I'm I'm used to just you know picking my bag up, right. my bag, and go wherever you know. So I'm used to that, and then as a refugee, I feel feel like displaced. So I'm I'm comfortable in any area, uh, right. but you know, once I start having children i'm like i want to settle down because then uh, all of yeah. a sudden you you know school year dictates when you travel you know you know so yeah so yeah. Th then my life changes yeah we talked shortly after 9 11 and and because we'd both sort of escaped upstate 
uh, yes. when 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 you could get out of New York. And I remember that you you just told, it was something that's always struck me that you you said it because one of the I think one of the terrorists had the same last name as you. Is that right? Yes. And and yes. you I remember you said that you, when you realised that you just went straight to an ATM machine and got lots of money out and left the city because you yeah. just knew it was going to be really problematic to be a Muslim and to have this you know be associated in any way with that. Thing. What was that like that time for you? And it, yeah, it was. It 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 is because at that time I remember also a lot of taxi drivers were felt very unsafe because there are a lot yes. of Pakistanis and you know people who are Muslims who are taxi drivers. But what I remember is that because I live in Soho, that there was um, a barricade with police on Houston Street, right? So you could not mm. get, if you if you wanted to come below Houston, you have oh, to yeah. provide uh, uh, proof that you live in the area. You cannot just come in, and uh-huh. and I had a I had a hard time because I didn't want to show my ID because it's it's a Muslim right. name and it had one of the one of the terrorists last name was the same I believe Abdul Majid or Majid like my last uh-huh. name, and so yeah so I had uh, I, I I felt unsafe but what kicked in immediately is what what it feels to be a refugee, right. you can move around with credit card you have you need cash. To move around, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's what I did. I just went to the bank and I, I just took as much money as I could, so that I'll be able to to move around safely in the city and get out of the city with yeah. cash. Now, I don't have to so, show IDs. I don't have to. Uh, right. Know. Yes, I see. Yeah. So yeah. and were you? Because I was. Uh, I I was. It was on Tuesday that because actually yeah. you know it's twenty years now this year. It's going to be twenty years. Amazing. September eleventh. Right. It's incredible. But I. Yeah. It, so Tuesday it happened, and I think it was on Saturday that you were allowed out of the city because when the yeah. bridges and tunnels were open again. Well, so were you? Exactly. You were in the city till then, and then you went. Then you got out as well. And so then you, I got out. Yeah, I actually couldn't come back into Houston Street because then I had to show ID. Right. I oh. went to a. I went to a friend of mine who lives near Washington Square. I went to stay with her. Oh, I and my, see. But they, David was recording in uh, upstate. So we were separated. Oh, God. And that's, that's why he was saying, you did get, out, get out of the city, come. And I said, I'm trying. We just can't. We just yeah, can't we're trapped. Around. The yeah. bridges and everything were closed. Yeah, so I stayed with a friend. And then on that weekend when it opened, I left. Right, I, I I remember that was such an well, obviously it's a crazy time. But the thing I remember driving upstate was, you know, on outside churches they have those sort of signs saying, you know, you know, God is everywhere or whatever. Those kind yeah. of like little signs they can get. Like this week, you know, potluck lunch or blah blah blah, and all <laughs> yes. the all the crazy. And my favorite one is God is inside you or something like that. All these hilarious. Yeah. Jesus is inside you. I'm like, oh really? Yes. Um, and and. Uh, <laughs> But they had, they had all, all those signs on the way upstate said things yeah. like "We will revenge, we will get our revenge, yes. America will fight back." It was it was all these really aggressive, yeah. violent signs on these places of worship, and it, I found that really disturbing. That the sort of you know the churches became sort of weaponized. The language of churches became weaponized. Yeah, uh, you know it's uh, you know I, 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 you know it it felt like. Uh, I mean, I, uh, a lot of people felt like it was a crusade, you know. It was like back mm. to the crusade era, era, like it was yeah. religion against religion, rather than yeah. than a group, a certain group of people have decided to do this act. It was, you right. know, it yeah. was not a religious yeah. act, right? So yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, 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 I remember uh, 
weeks after that, when I came back to the city and I was in a taxi, when and then this guy was talking to me, and he and I, he, he, I, I told him that I was Muslim, so he'll be able to talk freely with me. And he said, no, they were really scared, and nobody would, they did, wouldn't come out. The, the drivers, they stayed at home because, yeah, they felt unsafe, you know, and people yeah. were attacking them, you know, when they yeah, see their names, no. you know. Uh, so and yeah, it's happening so, now, yeah. like people with. Uh, Asian people being attacked oh, in America. Like yeah, and, 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 and Jews, by the way. And Jews uh, now, oh, yes. Yeah, 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 it has gone it, crazy. So it's crazy. really it's gone crazy. But, but you know, it is. this is something that's been happening for the past four or six years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I wonder seed, why. Yeah, the yeah. seed has been planted and we're, they're reaping what they're sowing. You know what I mean? I it's just, It's just we went It's going to take it, such a long time to... Recondition to, people to be exactly, decent again. Exactly. Yeah, to be decent again. I mean, I was yeah. just shocked. I mean, I remember and I saw the the um, there were uh, Palest- uh, you know, free Palestine and Palestine, mm. uh, you know, uh, people who were opposing about this. They wanted a ceasefire. They wanted you know all this. But then I saw all yeah. of a sudden people beating up a, a Jewish guy in 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 the city. And I, I was saw like, that just you know, on Times it, Square. I saw that. Yes, on that video I, of that. it was just, just like shocking. it's gone. It went crazy. You know, that, yeah. well, no wonder the Holocaust. And I, I was like, what? What is going on? What's going? But then you say, really? Well, we know what's going on. This has been going happened. on for yeah. four years, and now yeah. people have been given the permission to I be know. as ugly as they can be. Well, it's just makes it more important to be. Good and decent to spread love throughout the world, Iman, and that is yeah, humanity. I mean, that the yeah. humanity that is really is that word that we need to really back, bring it back. People need to to know how the other feels. You yes. can't just say things that you think that are not going to affect people. You cannot yeah. do actions that you don't think that is not going to affect people. Where is the humanity? I mean, that's what's missing. That the people have no feeling for others. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much, Iman. Oh, it was so lovely. Yes. And let's hang out when you you. get back. (laughs) Yeah. When I get back from Australia, I'll come and visit and I'll I'll maybe tell you where to put your fire pit. (laughs) I beg your pardon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's not a euphemism by the way <laughs> okay right, love. Uh, thank Take you care. so much i'll talk to you Bye. soon well i think it's time for me to go outside and have a look at my iman memorial fire pit enjoy the view and maybe cook a vegan sausage or two i hope you'll join me next time for more fun on alan cumming shelves Alan Cumming Shelves is hosted by me, Alan Cumming, duh, and produced by the lovely Jack Claremont. We are part of the Acast Creator Network and the Crowd Network too. We just love networks. Another Crowd Network podcast to check out is... Death of a Film Star. These are the stories of Hollywood icons like Heath Ledger, Carrie Fisher, Robin Williams and more. They're beautifully written episodes all around 25 minutes long and they paid tribute to some of the greatest actors that have ever been. The episode about Chadwick Boseman is brilliant. So check it out. Just search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. 
softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.